Hey, this is Michael T. Coleman, Cody Travis from Street Fighter V. Desk work just ain't my thing, but you know what is? The Casanova Podcast, number one in Hawaii. Bingo! Intro, cut one. Attention. Turn it up and get ready. You're tuned into the Mikel Casanova Podcast. Get your dancing shoes on because it's on. All right, and welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the number one rated podcast in the state of Hawaii, the Mikel Casanova podcast. I'm your host, Mikel Casanova, Hawaii's favorite content creator. I'm coming at you with another amazing interview, and this one we're going to be interviewing the one, the only, the legendary Mona Marshall. Now, Mona has a completely historic career when it comes to voice acting and acting. She's voiced many of your favorite characters, such as Shu from Blue Dragon, Kite from Dot Hack, young Ichigo Kurosaki from Bleach, Tobaway from Wolf's Rain, Izzy Izumi from Digimon, and many characters from South Park and many other shows. Now, she's just truly a phenomenal guest to have on the show, and it's such an honor and a privilege to have her on. So if you guys are ready to do it, I'm ready to do it. Let's go ahead and invite Mona Marshall on to this podcast. And welcome everyone to another episode of Hawaii's number one podcast, the Mikhail Casanova podcast. Yes, we rebranded the name. Um, long story for that, but it makes it more memorable. So people know who I am. <laughs> They'll put a... It makes Helpful. It, yeah, it makes it more personable. They'll they'll put a name to the to the name of the podcast or face to the podcast. But there you go. Um, I am Mikhail Casanova, and I have the true honor and privilege to be able to interview the one, the only, the legendary Mona Marshall. Mona, introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha. Do I have to live up to that in- introduction now? You see, <laughs> I'm delighted to be here. I really am. This is lots of fun. And you are very nice. I <laughs> talked to you before. Yeah, we, we did try to do this before, and I had yes. technical issues on my end, so I do apologize for that. <laughs> yeah, and I had technical issues on my end, so both of us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, Mona, if there's, uh, if you know, go ahead and plug your outlets and anything you're working on or upcoming oh. ventures. <laughs> well, my goodness. Uh For the last several years, I've been developing an an adult animation project Mm -hmm. um, that really deals with communication and how important it is for us to be able to step into somebody else's shoes, even if we don't agree with them, to -hmm. see their point of view. And that I've been doing it as a webcomic. It is called Adventures of Puss and Dick, A Survivor's Guide to Relationships. And it's a little risque, but the point is that it's entertaining Mm -hmm. and also hopefully somewhat enlightening. And right now it is a webcomic 
uh, I am working very diligently on the last storyline that's on the webcomic to do that as animation. And uh, hopefully we'll be doing a fundraiser in January. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. What was that? <laughs> I think that was a speeding race. Because uh, we have like a motorcycle group that just goes by oh, randomly. Well. I don't know why. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, oh. Let me see. Why would they do that? Because hmm, it's pretty and it's nice. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I'm, I'm very excited about this project. Um, it is like something I that is close to my heart. I think it's coming at a time in our country and in our world mm-hmm. where communication is really paramount. If we do not learn how to communicate more effectively, I think we're going to end up in um, a whole lot more trouble than we have now. So that kind of drives me because doing this, you know, I'm kind of wearing all the hats here. I produce it. I write it. And I don't like what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and had no idea how much was involved in actually producing animation since my whole life has been spent uh, primarily doing voiceover and also writing. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I really love it. Um, I love the characters. I'm, I mean, there's a world to choose from because there's so many issues. It started out as uh, being about couples, but it's really not. I mean, it's really more about communication in all relationships. And what's great about the lead characters, Puss and Dick, is that Dick, represented by a very handsome penis, very cute though, uh, (laughs) represents every man and Puss represents every woman. And so it doesn't matter what ethnicity, it doesn't matter what age. And the voice actors, myself including, are all very facile about, you know, aging young, aging older, because, you know, people have different issues at different times. But the underlying theme of being able to communicate is so important. Yeah. And then we have an androgynous angel named Venmar, mm-hmm. who has a pet bird named Fido, who doesn't realize he's dead. Oh, so, wow. <laughs> so, and I work with a wonderful illustrator for the webcomic. If you go on uh, Adventures of Puss N, the letter N, mm-hmm. dick.com, uh, uh, Ani took... Uh, this idea and really made those characters come to life. So, um, you know, we'll see what, what what's going to happen. I've just finished the script for the fir- for the last storyline, which is called Stop Enough Times Up. Can't get more timely than that. Mm-hmm. And um, and I'm also doing the storyboards. So we'll see how to proceed from there. Awesome. So, and then, you know, in voiceover land. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing South Park now and Publix uh, uh, radio tags, mm-hmm. grocery stores out here in the South, wonderful stores. Oh, my goodness. If you ever visit uh, southern states, mm-hmm. go to Publix because it, they're wonderful. <laughs> it's like food wonderland Ooh, or Disneyland <laughs> for food. And, um, and then I do a lot of uh, work for uh, ABC Mouse, which is an interactive uh, online uh, educational program for kids. And I have a, a blast doing that, yeah. It's amazing. And then Digimon. <laughs> so, yeah, I have some really neat stuff coming out at the beginning of next year, uh, which I can't talk about. <laughs> but uh, if you go to my um, if you go to my uh, 
uh, YouTube channel, mm-hmm. uh, Voices for Fun. Everything I talk about there, I have used in this project that is coming out probably, I think, in June. Okay. So, yeah. Got to be able to think on your feet. Use your voice on your feet. Definitely. Which sounds odd, actually. <laughs> Definitely. And what I'll also do is I'll include links to everything down in the description below of this video and this podcast as well. So, Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So what questions in particular do you have for me, sir? Well, let's see. Um, I, see, I, I wish we could have. I wish the first time we did the interview could have been recorded because that was so amazing, that one. But I guess uh, for the sake of time, I'll go through um, how about a brief background on yourself? Because you were trained by the legendary Dawes Butler. I was indeed. Dawes Butler was uh, brilliant. Uh, I came out here with a degree in English mm-hmm. from Central Missouri State. And uh, actually, I, my Shakespeare teacher there had recommended the theater arts program at um, LACC. Mm-hmm. And so I came out here thinking I was going to be this very serious actress and so on and so forth. And I couldn't get arrested, basically, <laughs> as an actor. Um, although I was doing uh, opera improv at night um, with uh, off, part of Off the Wall. Mm-hmm. And I was also teaching to earn a living at a private school for theater professionals. And uh, I was teaching fifth grade. And uh, one of the young men, 10-year-olds, had just finished doing an album and was studying a voice that was back when you did albums mm-hmm. um, of Little Prince and had studied with was studying with Doss and his mother just would not leave me alone and she was saying, oh, you'd be so good at voiceover and blah, 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 blah. And I'm going, just, okay, I'll go. <laughs> and I walked into that class and it was just amazing. It was like, oh my God, I can be or do anything. Mm-hmm. And Doss really worked on not just developing a cute voice. He did not believe in any of that. He believed in making the copy come alive. Mm-hmm. So with my background in from theater arts, learning about placement, all of which I talk about on Voices for Fun, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, placement and how to use it and how to create characters. And uh, with all my improv work, I just took to that class like a, a duck to the water. Uh, it was just amazing. And he would write material for us. And almost all of us are still working today. Out of that um, uh, class came Diane Michelle and, and, um, and Nancy Cartwright and uh, Tony, po- uh, Tony Pope, and the late Tony Pope, and uh, just, you know, all working actors today. Mm-hmm. And uh, but what was what was exciting was the creativity. And what's interesting, he wrote a piece for me about an ad agency uh, mm-hmm. in, from the 60s. So it was a period piece. And it was, at that time, you women in, in uh, if you see Mad Men, you know that women in that field were very few and far between. Certainly very mm-hmm. few were writing copy. And so this woman was, a, it was her own agency. Her name was Majesty. And I used that piece that he wrote with me in mind mm-hmm. as an audition for a theater company in Los Angeles once again, I never wanted to do children's theater. It was for children's theater. I didn't know that when I auditioned. And it was uh, had to do with working puppets. When I didn't know how to work a puppet. And that piece and one of my own songs that I sang a cappella mm-hmm. got me into the company. And once again, another whole world opened up for me. 
And because that director was interested in hiring actors, not puppeteers first, he felt actors could be more easily taught how to work a puppet than puppeteers uh, be easily taught how to act. And he was right. It was a really outstanding company. We did bilingual multicultural shows throughout Los Angeles. We were paid by the city, so we were free to, to the schools and the rec centers. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's where my love for performing for children came from. I had no idea. And especially with special ed groups, mm-hmm. um, well, our, our puppets were puppets made out of junk. So our Martians for this one scene were upside down bleach bottles that mm-hmm. uh, kind of had a robe on, you know, scraps of material and then these hands. And it was so amazing to, we were behind a curtain and when the Martians came up and we were all dressed in black, mm-hmm. when they came out, just to hear those kids gasp because they could see what they were. Mm-hmm. And then we had created this spaceship out of paper mache and it was above the, um, the stage. Well, one day we forgot the thing and used a trash can lid. Mm-hmm. And I got to tell you, just the recognition of that. So seeing it for what it, what we intended it to be, which was a flying saucer, and then coming in front of the stage and seeing it, oh my God, it's a trash can lid. Mm-hmm. What that gave those kids is the ability to know that they could do it too, hmm. which is important for kids, especially Definitely. when you have a certain kids that you know may not have the confidence, may not you know are treated a little differently because they are a little different from mainstream. Mm-hmm. It was amazing. So it was an amazing time for me, and I grew a lot. Um, I also realized that in doing hand puppets, I learned inadvertently <laughs> how to do <laughs> sync or yeah. anime, mm-hmm. because that's what you're really doing. You know, your hand is translating. I'm sitting here with my hand doing this. <laughs> and what's remarkable, too, is Dawes used to sit in that class, and he had had someone had made, made him a yogi bear and quick draw, draw a puppet. Mm-hmm. But half the time, Dawes wouldn't use those. If he wanted to <laughs> talk to us, he would just use his hands. And suddenly, you know, he disappeared, and you saw Yogi and Quickdraw. Oh, wow. It, it, it was a remarkable time. And hopefully, today when I read to kids, because that's what I do as a volunteer to give back, mm-hmm. um, when I put a puppet on my hand, mm-hmm. you know, it magically comes to life. Because one of the things we were taught is you never let a puppet go dead. You, that puppet, if it's on your hand or it's by your body, you must keep it alive. And Aww. that really does translate to voiceover. Because for me, I must always be in the moment. Mm-hmm. Even if I'm doing background voices, I don't like to be uh, on my phone or you know doing my iPad. Even if I'm not up and doing stuff, I want to see what the story is. I want to mm-hmm. see what's happening. Because you know, it's the first time for me. And somehow that keeps me into the rhythm. It keeps me into the moment. And, you know, that's that's acting. It has a lot to do with acting. So, yes, I was fortunate to have studied with Dawes. I mean, that's that's such just the fact that you're a master of your craft like that. That's that's so inspirational. <laughs> well, <laughs> we could talk about that. I don't I think the day that I master anything will be probably the day I die. Maybe um, <laughs> because I want. I love the idea that actually I got from studying the existentialists when mm-hmm. I was 18 and off to college that uh, interested me because I was interested in World War II first of all mm-hmm. um, because before the United States joined World War II we you know the French 
in and before the Great Britain joined World War II, the French were the resistance, and a lot of the existentialists came out of that time, mm-hmm. um, like Camus and Sartre. And I was fascinated by the idea that we never are; we are always becoming. So when you say master of my craft, um, I think I have mass. I think I have learned how to use my tools effectively, mm-hmm. but I want to keep learning because once I think I'm there, once I think I've arrived, then I've lost something. I become unteachable. And one of the things, I, and one of the reasons why I think my career has been a long one is because I remain teachable. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want to experiment. I usually don't ever drive with the windows down in my car because most of the time I'm doing voice stuff. Oh. I'll experiment. I'll talk to myself as other characters. I'll listen to um, uh, on Sirius has a uh, an old radio uh, show, mm-hmm. uh, and I listen to those actors because those actors that were doing radio in the 30s and 40s. Once again, Dawes turned us on to that. Uh, 30s and 40s and even the 50s were remarkable. Wow! I mean. Remember, you're listening, and those actors and voices are creating pictures, yeah. which brings me to something else that's special to me. And I, it's a project that I created in uh, for fourth grade, fourth fifth graders, called Mind Magic that I did as a volunteer all during the mid mid to late '90s and early uh, 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is helping children to uh, create images for what they read. Mm-hmm. I call that Mind Magic. I don't want us to lose the artistry that comes from reading. Mm -hmm. If we do, that also affects our way of discerning uh, and thinking. Mm -hmm. So what I'll say to the kids is, oh, it's great that there's a film and there's video games. But even greater than that is when you are reading something and you are making those images in your mind because then you are in control of them. Yeah. So I think that's very, very important. Just like anime has its own charm and its wonder and the challenge of, you know, not just matching the voice mm-hmm. and the sync, but making that come alive for what you are doing with it. I also think that original animation where, you know, you might just see drawings. I, I just had this incident. I cannot mention the project because it's not out yet, mm-hmm. uh, but it will come out in January. I guessed it as a character, wonderful character, on a couple episodes of this charming children's show that will be on Disney. Mm-hmm. And so when we went in to read several months ago, you know, I had the script mm-hmm. and a few line drawings, okay? Because unlike South Park, they ship those out. That's not all done, you know, within a week. Mm-hmm. And so there was this whole dance sequence and, and, you know, so I'm making this up and I'm seeing it in my mind. Mm-hmm. I am that character seeing it in my mind. So when we went in to do pickup lines a few weeks ago, I saw it and it was just <laughs> so wonderful because the animators are working off our voice, of mm-hmm. course. Just like, you know, when we do anime, we're working off of what, what those uh, Japanese or uh, maybe uh, Spanish speaking have done and we're making it our own in english mm-hmm. and it's just so much fun you know that's why i always <laughs> say to to young um or some people who want to start out in voiceover take an acting class yeah take improv learn to think on your feet learn to be the character not just do a funny voice so yeah, definitely anyway. 
And, you know, it's um, speaking of what you were saying earlier about um, the importance of the imagination for children. Because uh, I know for me, when I was a kid, initially I didn't like reading. And eventually I started playing uh, an RPG Final Fantasy that forced uh-huh. me to read. And because I started playing that, it became a bit of a, a gateway for me. Sorry you about bet. that noise <laughs> in the background. Uh, it's but yeah, life, honey. What are you going to do? Yeah, so <laughs> it's it, life. <laughs> so it became a gateway for me because the story was so well written that, you know, I would take ask my mom. I would beg her, like, can we go to the library? I want a fantasy book. And I oh, would, great. You know, and I would go from reading, you know, any type of fantasy. For, like, my favorite growing up was The Tales of the Otori by Leanne Hearn. To you know, I even got into the J.R.R. Tolkien scene uh, with the Lord of the Rings, and uh, I never got into Harry Potter, but I think oh, I read them all. <laughs> I, I I need to at some point I need to get into them because a lot of the fans tell me, uh, especially my wife, she's like the movie the the books are better than the movies. I'm like, are they really? Oh well, yeah, because it's the same thing. <laughs> Peter Jackson is a genius. Okay, mm-hmm. but I. Once I discovered The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, I mean, nothing can replace that. Mm -hmm. Because there's something about that intimacy and that personal creation Mm -hmm. that even though I I enjoyed the movies and they were brilliant, it's not the same thing. Same thing with Harry Potter. I read all of them. Mm -hmm. And Harry Potter, I mean, wonderful. Not to take anything away, but they're two different art forms. Mm -hmm. So I'm not criticizing because I think both art forms are necessary. I would just ha- hate to have one without the other. Yeah, yeah. It's like um, if you see To Kill a Mockingbird, mm-hmm. which is one of my favorite films, reading the book gave me more insight. Just like, you know, they're now doing a play on Broadway. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sorkin is uh, is writing it, has written it. Mm-hmm. And he explains that it is different. If so if you're coming in expecting the movie or the book, you know, you will be disappointed. This is the Broadway. This is this is a different uh, uh venue. Mm-hmm. A different media. And the thing of it is is they're all valid and they're all good. Yeah. You know? Once again, being open-minded. I don't and going back again to the project, Adventures of Puss and Dick. If we do not stay open-minded, once again, doesn't mean you have to agree, mm-hmm. but you have to accept that there are differences, and then once you can accept that and you see, mm-hmm. maybe there can be common ground. Yeah. There can be common ground, and that's true of, of any conflict. So mm-hmm. it's amazing how everything interacts together. Very true. Very, very true. So I do have to ask you, how does yes. it feel, you know, the fact that you've had a legendary career and right. numerous, you know, animes and, and video games and original animations, you know, numerous portrayal of characters from South Park to Izzy Izumi from Digimon, Shu from Blue Dragon, which I hope they bring that series back. I, I loved your portrayal of Shu. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you Kite much. from Dot Hack and uh, Tobaway, which is one of my favorite characters uh, from Wolf Mine Brain. too. You know, how does it feel knowing that you've impacted countless generations and influenced generations of fans with your work? Oh, my gosh. That sounds, first of all, I never think of, <laughs> never think of that. Um, what I'm always uh, thrilled by is when I get a fan mail uh, or I get through, the, through um, 
media, I hear somebody say how this has affected them because I know there were certain actors or certain things I read like To Kill a Mockingbird that really affected me. Mm -hmm. And so it makes me feel connected. I never, it's really interesting, I never wanted to do any kind of publicity or any kind of media until I had this project of my own, mm -hmm. Adventures of Prince Dick. And because I felt it was important, and I was told you have to get yourself out there more, you know, mm -hmm. I, I never really wanted to do that. But one of the great benefits of doing that is I feel a real connection with the fans, which I really didn't have before. And mm -hmm. that kind of connection where it's not just that I've impacted them, they impact me. Mm -hmm. You know, there's an energy that happens, a synergy, if you will, mm -hmm. that is wonderful. I mean, it is one thing to do voiceover, and I love doing it. It's, uh, I mean, I feel like I'm one of the most fortunate people in the world that I, I can get up and do something I love almost every single day. Mm -hmm. Doing this other project on my own, which right now is very hard work. Mm -hmm. I mean... Because I am responsible for getting it off the ground. When I hear from fans, whether it's about my voiceover work or it's about this project, it, it's really heartening. Because mm -hmm. sometimes you you know you feel very lonely when you're yeah. trying to do something, and knowing that there are people out there and that you have contact with them makes all the difference in the world. It keeps me inspired, uh, especially when I'm thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is so hard, and I don't know what to do." And, you know, and thank goodness that the media is now opened up so much. Mm -hmm. Because if I can't get a major to underwrite this, then I'll find a different way through the media to do it. So uh, it it's really quite wonderful. And I keep thinking about the fact that we all pass something on. Mm -hmm. Dawes gave me so much. And it wasn't just about the skills of voiceover. It was about the skills of living. Mm -hmm. And if I can do that either directly with one of my characters or indirectly with an interview like this. I guess it is kind of direct too, but you know what I'm saying? We're on Mona, <laughs> yes. not the character. Yeah. Um, that's, that's important. And so this might sound odd, but I believe that energy and light passes through us. No, I and agree we're each, I agree with you. We're each, we're each given a set of tools. My job is to show up and be as positive and open as possible. Um, just like Dawes was with us, mm -hmm. sharing not only, um, like I said, not only the tools for acting and voiceover, but also who he was as a, a human being. This was a man who, you know, if you couldn't afford the class, he'd give you a scholarship. You know, we paid a, a big whopping 10 or 15 bucks a night. Oh, wow. You know, oh, yeah. Well, it's also the, you know, 70s and 80s, <laughs> you know, and he was a very established person times were a little simpler then hmm. but that was important to him and so it's important to me and so many of us like nancy or like um diane michelle or or um like Corey burton who keep passing things on we pass on what we've learned and hopefully in the way i conduct myself as a human being mm -hmm. i'm passing that on as well too so anyway it's an honor Actually, you want to know how it makes me feel? I feel honored. Well, it's truly an honor having you on the show and just being able to interview you because your work has definitely impacted me and in, in my time. And it's I, I want to say thank you. Thank you for the work that you've done over the years. You're welcome. And thank you for acknowledging it. <laughs>
Because without you, I wouldn't be working. <laughs> <laughs> but I definitely agree with you about energy passes through us. Uh, I'm a very big believer in that. And it's it's amazing. Like when you when you break it down, it's it's so true. It's so so very very true. Exactly. Um, so what else can I answer for your fans? Because you have lots of fans. I do, I do. But all my fans are your or are your fans as well. So I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I want to ask you, like, what is it like when you get to work with uh, other or have you had the opportunity to work with other voice actors like uh, Dorothy Fawn or Stephen Bloom oh or Griffin oh, yeah. Burns or yeah, Richard Steve, F. Carr? I'm laughing because Steve Bloom and I did something about a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Where we were um, zombies. Oh, wow. And it was so much fun. Yeah, I, I did um, Cloris Leachman becomes a zombie that I was replacing her voice because that was a lot of, you know, a lot of energy and loud vocal stuff. But it's mm-hmm. hysterical. In fact, I think one of the other actors sent me a video because we're hysterical, you know, because you're into being it. You know, you're not just mm-hmm. standing in front of the microphone statically. And then um, <laughs> then Steve and I, uh, not at the same time, but we were back to back on somebody else's interview. And, and that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I've known Steve for a long time. We have the same agent, and um, it's just, and it's wonderful to see other actors do well. Mm-hmm. Dorothy Fawn, oh my good, goodness. The problem is we don't actually work today on this at the same time. Mm-hmm. Because most of the time, you know, you're, if it's anime, or even if it's regular um, original animation, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily working together. Oh, but, okay. Yeah, you're going in individually because everybody's schedule is so so different. Uh, mm-hmm. The best uh, possible thing in the world is to be in an ensemble cast. Mm-hmm. You can't really do that with anime um, because it would be too time-consuming in the studio. Mm-hmm. But you certainly can do it in a, with an original uh, show. And, um, I mean, I did something years ago called The Chucklewood Critters uh, that Sue Blue directed. And uh, Barbara Goodson was in that show. Once again, uh, the late Tony Pope was in that show, and it was just, you know, so joyful because we were all acting together, mm-hmm. doing multiple parts, and uh, plus it was a fun show. <laughs> I story edited and wrote songs for that show. It's really wonderful. But, uh, yeah. No, I, I mean, voiceover people are really terrific. You know, uh, Bri- uh, Bryce Pappenbrook, um, I don't know if you know him, he does a lot of work, mm-hmm. knew his father, and uh, Bryce and his partner started um, uh, Unlocked. And I'm hoping that Bryce is actually going to be one of my characters for Adventures of Puss and Dick because Mm -hmm. the gentleman who originated it is not available right now. Mm -hmm. And I actually wrote it with him in mind. So uh, I've been kind of racking my brain and having worked with Bryce. uh, uh, He was on um, Doraemon with me. Oh, wow. uh, Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Bryce works uh, an enormous amount. And does a lot of um, uh, cons, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping I will be doing more next year. So We're if you want me to get me, you con, <laughs> get me there. Um, <laughs> but, and that was fun. The one I did in Boston was so much fun because, mm-hmm. you know, you, there they are. There are people and asking really good questions and you actually get to interact with somebody. It's really <laughs> And um, what, what I'd love to do at a con is do like a, a little workshop. You know, mm-hmm. where I can teach people how to use their voice in different ways. Mm-hmm. Talk about support, because that's something you can use whether you're a voice actor or not. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're just, well, like in what you do, you know, uh, talking to hospital staff or getting a point across, or if you're a teacher, or if you're a parent, 
mm-hmm. all of that in our everyday life is important. And once again, the more the more we can be connected to what we're saying and what we're doing, the more expressive we can be, the more we have a chance of reaching somebody who will actually listen to what we're saying. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I've got two last questions for you because I, yes. I know we're pressed for time. Yes, um, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no, no worries. It, it's no worries at all. Um, let's see. So one of um, I'm going to go with this one. It's uh, what advice would you give to fans in the audience here that are trying to audition for roles or sending in voice auditions? Uh, first thing is uh, be present. Mm-hmm. Really be present. When you are in front of that microphone, and you're looking at those words, if you are present, that opens you up to having fun. Mm-hmm. That's the second thing. Have fun and don't be afraid. What is the worst thing that can happen? If you hold back, they'll never know what you can do. If you go forward, even if it doesn't necessarily end up being what they wanted, you learn from that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if this is what you want to do, do it with your whole heart and soul. Yeah. I heard a lot of no's before I started working. In fact, in that class, I think I was the last one that was actually a working actor in that one workshop class. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the other thing. This is, a lot of times I'll get people say, oh, I have a cute voice and people tell me I should do voiceover. That's great. But understand that it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And it also takes being, you know, being disappointed. What I do with that is, okay, well, then the next one, I'll get closer the next time. And it has nothing to do with you personally. A producer or a director has something in mind. Mm-hmm. And you might do a great audition, but it might not be what they want for that part. Yeah. So be present, have fun. <laughs> um, let's see. And my last question is... Um, what are some projects or conventions that you currently have in the works that you are allowed to talk about bearing any NDAs? Uh, oh, I just did, uh, uh, Ralph, uh, what is it? Ralph destroys the internet. That mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was it. But we couldn't talk about it, you know, forever. Mm-hmm. Um, lots of fun improvisation, uh, doing background stuff. And, uh, uh, I think, I think they ended up using my voice for, um, uh, She's she's directing people different places, mm-hmm. and that was a lot of fun. And and the people I worked with were wonderful. So, but you know, it's so long ago. You for, and you do so many of these, you forget what's what. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, let me think. What else is coming up that I can I can can't talk about that. Um, <laughs> it's, just, it's not fun not being able to talk about stuff. I'm working a, a ABC Story Mouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, Next Monday, I have no idea what I'm doing because they don't tell you that. It's just like if I get called into South Park, which hopefully will happen next Tuesday, I have no idea what I'm doing until I walk in the door oh, and wow. somebody hands me a script. Oh, yeah, you have to think on your feet. <laughs> so uh, the main thing is look for the adventures of Puss and Dick, which hopefully um, I may be doing a fundraiser mm-hmm. uh, um, so that we can do it with at least partial animation. And, I mean, the cost of the studio, because I want this to have really good sound, I'm going to be using original sound effects and my sound effects guy is actually moving back in town, uh, Michael Klebanoff, on mm-hmm. uh, December 7th. So hopefully uh, he'll come up with some ideas. So I have to go through all the script mm-hmm. and figure out where do I want certain sounds. Just like I have to figure out, because I'm doing um, live action photographs, mm-hmm. 
with the characters animated against it, I need to really know what I want from a, a photographer, which I will have to hire, okay. obviously. So it costs money to do all this, <laughs> you know. So I'm hoping that I can do a fundraiser, and if everybody gives a little, we'll end up with enough money to go in and do it, and I'll be really excited. Um, but, you know, pretty much uh, doing this and auditioning like crazy, and hopefully um, there's some stuff in the work that I – unfortunately can't talk about <laughs> so but uh you know it's always great and you know hopefully you, I, I post all this stuff on media yeah so uh, on social media so you know keep your eyes posted please tune in to uh, um voices for fun because there's all kinds of wonderful things there and what i may do i'm going to talk to my media consultant today is i have written a children's book mm -hmm. that is done as a 10-part radio show and it's called Angel and the Magic Pen. Mm -hmm. I actually uh, use this for fourth graders, and it really helps them with articulation. Mm -hmm. It's a good story. And I want to start doing that, either telling the story or reading it. So there'll be a big announcement about that. But um, I'm realizing by reading to kids at um, Base Camp Dinette, which I do uh, once a month, and mm -hmm. at Descanso Gardens, which are these lovely gardens, although you live in Hawaii, it's all lovely gardens. Um, <laughs> but I read to the kids a few times a month uh, for a half hour, and then they have a little explorers program that I, actually on the first of er the first Saturday of every month. Mm -hmm. And they're all preschoolers. So my stuff is a little old for that. Mm -hmm. So I can't really read that there. But just discovering kids and their imagination seeing that every time i read is very inspiring and mm -hmm. i also it, it's excited me about doing this project and actually getting it published mm -hmm. so um so i'm just going through and editing it now and um let's see what happens so look for that i think and it's a story that you know when i was touring with the la moving band and puppet company mm -hmm. my director's attitude was um any animate object brought to life was a puppet. That was one thing. And the second thing was this was uh, children's theater for children of all ages. Mm -hmm. And I like to think of my writing being that too. Now, Puss and Dick's a little different because I would not recommend it for anybody uh, 16 or under. But my children's stuff, I want it to be engaging for all ages. Mm -hmm. And um, I think it works that way. I mean, I've tried it on several adults, and they really want to know, well, what's next? What's in the next <laughs> chapter? So it's a, it's a good read. It's a good read. and uh, So I'm either going to do it as a storyteller, mm -hmm. telling the story, or I'll read it. But at any rate, there's lots of fun characters. Well, whenever you have anything more you'd like to share, um, I, I can definitely get it around here in Hawaii. So just let me great, know. Great, great, great. <laughs> well, I feel very honored to be in Hawaii. <laughs> <laughs> I went scuba diving in Hawaii. Awesome. I did. It was, oh my gosh, it was fabulous. You guys have the best water and the best scuba. Yeah. Well, I have hey. one true last question, and that's did you have fun today? Oh my goodness, are you kidding? <laughs> Asking a voiceover if they've had fun talking about what they love doing? No, it was really awful. And yes, of course I had fun. And please invite me to do it again. <laughs> I, I definitely will. I definitely will. And uh, where can people find you? 
Oh my goodness, you're going to ask me that question. Uh, Mona Marshall voices. <laughs> yes, but he usually asks me this one. Mona Marshall voices. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I'm looking it up. <laughs> I'm looking it up. My... Okay, because uh, Mona Marshall voices and Mona Marshall something else. Okay, hold on. Because I'm on Twitter and all those. Well, you can go to my website, actually. Go to monamarshall.net. Mm-hmm. And there, oh, yeah, just go to motormarshall.net because there you can see everything. It will get you to Adventures of Puss and Dick. Mm-hmm. It will get you to my um, wire sculptures. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're looking for a very unique gift, uh, you can wear them as pendants. You can hang them. And to me, they represent the celebration of the human spirit. And it's really kind of neat because I create them and they're movable. Mm-hmm. So when someone then owns one, they can move them any way they want, and I feel as though there's a spirit connection there. Awesome. So, awesome. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, go there, and, and um, yeah, and you, you, all the information's right there. All right, and I'll definitely leave a link in the description of this podcast down below so you'll be able to find her website and oh. her social media links, and definitely uh, subscribe also to her YouTube channel because it's truly, oh, truly I amazing. Have <laughs> I have it. I have it. Uh, I think I have it. Uh, Mona Marshall Social mm-hmm. or Mona Marshall Voices. One of them is for, uh, yeah, face, FaceTime and, oh, we, I once had a card here. When we, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, my goodness. She's so, this is why I have a media consultant, by the way, everyone. I okay. Need, I need to get one of those. <laughs> seriously. Um, all right. So for Facebook, it's Mona Marshall Voices. Mm-hmm. For Twitter, it's Mona the Mona Marshall, mm-hmm. and for uh, Instagram, it's uh, Mona Marshall Voices. Awesome. Yeah. I knew the reason I had this card of mine right here. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's been a joy, and thank all of you. Thanks to you. Thanks, thanks to all of you out there in Hawaii um, for having me as a guest, and good luck with this podcast. It sounds like you're doing a bang-up job, and... Um, Hopefully, I'll see you all live one of these days soon. Well, I'm definitely working on trying to get you and Richard Apcar out here because... Richard Apcar! He directed me in in, um, Blue Dragon. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. He did. Oh, yes. (laughs) You guys guys have amazing work. (laughs) He's an amazing guy. Amazing talent. So is his wife. It, it was something when he called me the a couple of days before I interviewed him a couple of months ago, and I I didn't recognize the number and I answered and he's like hello in his deep voice and I'm like is this God? He's like, no, it's <laughs> no, this is Richard Epcar. I'm like you could, you could s- certainly play God, <laughs> right? <laughs> he, he, he's an awesome guy. I'm definitely gonna have him back on. But yes, I will. Lo- I would love to have you back on the show. Um, and I again, I apologize for the scheduling issues and the. No worries, but okay, and, sweetie, take care. All right, a pleasure. All righty. All right, bye. Bye bye. Did you enjoy this episode of the Casanova Podcast? Well, I hope you did. And if you did, please make sure you like, share, comment, and subscribe, and let us know what we can improve upon, what you liked, what you didn't like, and all that good stuff. And just make sure you always have a good time. That being said, this is your boy Mikael Castanova, Hawaii's favorite YouTuber. I am signing out, and I'll catch you on the next episode.